Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. I'm not saying it's cute. I'm just saying it's funny. I'm just saying it's funny. It's like, I'm not mad. I'm just, it's just funny. I'm not mad. I'm just laughing so hard because it's so funny. It's just like the funniest <laughs> thing. I've, no, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Are you fine? I'm fine. Like, we're going to, I'm not even going to bring it up for like another two whole months. And then it's going to be so funny. Don't worry. It's going to be hysterical for both of us. <laughs> Christine really likes when I do my bitchy girlfriend uh, oh my God. comment. Em's like... I was in a sorority, guys, so like I'm all about Em's it. Em's proudest moment. <laughs> Every time I do it, Christine's like, no one can... It destroys me inside. It's the funniest <laughs> fucking thing. It's just funny. It's just... It's just funny. It's just funny. It's just funny. That's all. It's not... I'm I'm just going to think about it later. That's all. And I'm going to laugh real hard, too, because it's going to be so Cause, funny. Because it's just so funny. Anyway, guys. Hello. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to And That's Why We Drink, the husky ramblings of two crazy people. The husky ramblings. <laughs> And sometimes, like, the highest-pitched girl <laughs> voice, too. But that's just what makes it funny. Who knows what you're going to get? It's a mixed bag. It's always a, a potluck of emotions and voices over here. None of it is really that enjoyable. So, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm still on the edge of my seat. You said Blaze listened to this up week's episode. Oh, yeah. Blaze, like, listened to this week's episode. So props to you, Blaze, if you're still here. I don't know if you gave up after that one. He, but He heard the it's funny thing, and he's out. Oh, he, pe- you're right. He peaced out. <laughs> um, but he said, uh, he listened to the part where my dad, guess, spoke. Mm-hmm. And I just get a text saying, I would not get kicked out of a waltz class. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> like, so. he just ripped. I like how that's the takeaway. That's the one thing that he was not happy about. Um, and so I think he and my dad are now uh, on bad terms. So we'll oh, see. Oh, that's, that's good. Only 87 days before the wedding. 87 days. Kill me now. Okay. How are you? What's up? Uh, I'm fine. I am fine. We, well. Are you fine? Or are you? It's fine. No, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm seriously just fine. Like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'm great. 
but I'm not saying I'm bad. I'm just fine. So just think about that. I am okay. Can somebody just take that and make it my new ringtone, please? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, speaking of ringtones, I got an I got an iPhone X this week. Oh hell yeah! So I'm feeling bad and bougie. Do you have that crazy frog ringtone? No, I have um, the theme song to Back to the Future, and I have the theme song to The Avengers. So it used to scare the crap out of me when it would would go, "You've got mail," and I was like, "There's a man in my house." <laughs> yeah, I used to have the old AOL email. It was pretty voice great. as my text tone. So and then like, you've got me. Anytime Linda called, it would go. It would be like, "Mom, mommy, mom." It from was Family Guy, and yeah. it drove me bonkers. I mean, me too. That's why it Especially would force me to answer. It. Linda would call like four times in a row, and it would just go, like, mom, <laughs> "Mommy, mom." mom. <laughs> um, sorry, Linda. Uh, <laughs> do you remember the crazy frog ring? T- was that yeah. just a thing in Germany? No, no, no I remember the crazy frog here? thing. Yeah. Wow, that was fucking annoying as shit, man. Oh, a thousand percent. That was just killer awful. Um, and I mean, I mean, I mean. oh god, like don't that. do it. Though. The gummy, it's called the gummy song. The gummy. Oh god, something like that. I don't miss this at all. All right, sorry. Take me back to 2018. <laughs> um, I've got some fun news. Okay. Do you remember um, my episode or my my episode? Um, do you remember my podcast? It's called. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, I remember guest starring at all seventy <laughs> fucking thousand episodes. Yeah. Do you remember the episode, the story I did on Ed Gein? Yeah. Yeah. Remember how at the end of it, I mentioned that there was a musical called Ed Gein the Musical. Is it coming out officially? No, but you remember it, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So the screenwriter slash lead slash executive producer of Ed Gein the Musical reached out to us. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> on Facebook. His name is Dan Davies. He lives in Wisconsin. I basically was like, oh, we'd love to. <laughs> this is what I wrote. If you ever do an Ed Gein 2.0, let us know. We'd love to be there, right? Because I'm like, I want to be there. And he goes, um, thanks for getting back to me. It's actually a movie. And I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Oh, no. It's a movie that was seen on PBS and Retro TV Network. PBS? No. I know. And Retro TV Network nationally about six to seven years ago. I will see if I have a copy of the film <gasps> and then send it to you. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. I'm creating a stage play version of the film and it will have its theatrical premiere later this year. Shut the fuck up. All right, people. Are we guest starring? Come on. We got to go. I just want to go. Let's do an Ed Gein chorus line. Oh, my God. So he was like the star of it, too. And (sighs) then, of course, like a day later, I get a message from an email from Jordan who's like, oh, so my friend actually wrote and starred in Ed Gein the musical. I heard you mention it. I'm like, oh, yeah, he and I are talking on Facebook. And she's like, damn it. And apparently it's a movie. (laughs) Yeah, and also it's a movie. Um, She basically was like, well, that little stinker. I thought I could surprise him with good news, but he already found you. I was like, yeah. So I'm very excited about that um, and very proud that he reached out. And then I went back and listened because I was like, I hope he didn't say anything like weird or rude. Yeah. I went back and listened and it's like literally 10 minutes of us just going, how do we get to there? How do we do? I want to do that and see it. Like, it's just us going like, we need this so badly. Okay, well, good. I guess I'm glad we, in our own verbal resume, really made ourselves look good. Yeah, so I'm just very pumped about this. And I feel honored that he reached out to us. Um, so that was hilarious. Um, anything else you got? Yeah. Um, if your name is Carolina and you were in the Pasadena Target. Oh, I saw your post this weekend. Um, thank you for stopping over and saying hi to me and Allison. Um, it was the first time Allison had been recognized in public. Oh, that's exciting. So how did she feel? Did, did it go to her head? I, I wish it would. It, she was very calm, cool and collected. Uh, how do we become like that? I don't know. We Humble just freak beginnings. out every time. Every time I'm like, why are you so excited? Humble beginnings. I mean, 
no such thing. Linda did not provide that. <laughs> it's just me freaking out that you even know who I well, am. Well, that's true. Yeah. After she walked away, I was like beaming for like 10 minutes. I was like, oh my God, someone it's knew who such, I was. Especially, I forgot to mention this. I was in New York. Let's just talk about all the times people recognize us, Em. Just kidding. Oh. Uh, I was in, I'm get, totally kidding. I was in New York though, and I was like hungover after a wedding. There it is. I, yeah, it was. And Blaze and I were at a wedding in Connecticut, and um, we, Blaze had to like get a train to Grand Central in New York, which is like an hour and a half, then get another like hour long car thing service to the airport it was like such a nightmare of a day and i was so carsick and so hungover and i get to the airport i'm finally sitting on my flight and i see this message on twitter that's like christine i think i saw you at grand central eating lunch and i was like two i didn't want to approach you and i was Aww. like oh i was like one oh that's so sweet and two like oh my god i was such a mess and blaze had gone off to like do something and i was like i'm just gonna sit here and eat so i was just fucking eating a giant lox bagel by well, myself i no bra dirty hair i probably looked like a fucking monster well the thing is i allison and i well i make allison watch um america's next top model and we're watching it <laughs> from season one and there's about 24 seasons so buckle up allison buckle up don't we're, don't tell her just let her no she knows she knows oh, what's happening okay, good, good we're good. currently on season five and there there's a whole exercise where like they have to learn how to look appropriate in public at all times oh because they like because tabloids can make you look like oh, shit. I for sure haven't learned that so yeah well that's what that made me think of it's like oh you have no idea who's watching you or when and you just happen to get noticed when you're the most hungover and brawless in it's the world it's just crazy because it was pride and so i was like just surrounded by like throngs of people and like like <laughs> no like you know like create like fun colorful feathers and yeah. crazy outfits and like bras and like or like no shirt at all or like hot pants and i'm just like in my leggings in the corner eating a bagel and i'm like this is the last place anyone would recognize me <laughs> and then i get a freaking tweet so to whoever you are you feel honestly guys if you do see us like by an off chance please say hello we're like always wildly impressed that you even know who we are and we're so confused why you want to meet us but I, also we're always so grateful i usually get nervous because i'm like what did i do wrong like i just assume if someone's approaching me that i did something terrible yeah well when this girl came up to me in target she was like hi and i was like oh shit like what did i did i steal your shopping cart? yeah <laughs> and she was like are you m from the podcast and i was like yes <laughs> and then she was like and i know you you're allison oh that's and allison really was like, sweet yeah that's me that's so cute i know it was a good well also she definitely caught me like mildly snogging with allison oh at for Target. no wonder you are recognized <laughs> and then she literally was like i didn't want to bother you <laughs> i felt very uncomfortable i was like oh shit like she you're, definitely caught me like you're a dumbass cuddling up on allison they need an america's next top model about that I know, PDA. It wasn't, P I was just hugging up on her. All right, everyone gets it. You guys are just so precious. When that um, woman back in Columbus recognized us in the airport, she's like, yeah, I saw you. And I was like, that looks like Chris. I was also hungover from a wedding. This seems to be a trend. <laughs> Holy shit. I was like, she's like, I thought it was you. And then I saw who I presume to be Blaze wearing it. And that's why we drink shirt and just like going to the bathroom and you just like sitting down and staring. And, and I was scarfing like, a bagel. Yeah, basically that seems to be the trend. Also, one last thing. I want to thank Lindsay, who wrote this amazing article on the theodysseyonline.com. Oh, yeah. So sweet. It was called 10 Reasons Why You Should Be Listening to the And That's Why We Drink podcast. And it made my day. It made our days. And a naturally true to form, Geo made number one on the listicle. Number one with the little photo of his birthday. Oh, he's so sweet. It's so sweet. And I posted it to uh, the Geo's trio group, which is Em, me, and uh, Eva. And <laughs> we all just, like, gushed over it. So thank you, Lindsay. That was really, really sweet and just made our whole day. So I don't think anyone knew that about our group chat. <laughs> 
I know, but I feel like it needs to be said because I'm going to say it eventually anyway. Our, our group chat between us and Eva is Geo's trio. Uh, one last thing before we go to not go anywhere. Go to the stories. Um, <laughs> before we go to the thing you actually want to hear. Right. We've been getting so much momentum on iTunes, which is just amazing. I swear every time I click, we get new reviews, which is really like boosting our visibility and stuff. So if you haven't and you are able to rate us on Apple Podcasts, that is a huge deal for us and helps us a lot. Write a review. Um, unless you really don't like us, then like maybe just be quiet. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's right, Em. Or lie through your teeth and say you love us. I just mean, whatever you want. lie to make us happy. That's all lying we want. Lying is the key moral of this podcast. White lies make everyone happy. Well, drinking. And then lying. Lying and drinking the podcast. My mom always says, um, oh, I forget it. She does this toast where it's like about like lying, cheating, and stealing. <laughs> and it's like lie with the one you love, cheat a moment for yourself, and steal a kiss or some shit like that and then there's drinking jesus and that's you and target you and target with allison yeah okay i get it <laughs> jesus christ yeah so just living out my mom's toast that i've heard my entire life like i can't remember mine's just like lie to me and tell me i'm so pretty <laughs> to cheat on my diet and what's the other thing <laughs> and steal a couple steal bucks office supplies from work because i need a new stapler okay <laughs> i mean you could it's up for interpretation <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Um, also, real quick, uh, before we head into our stories, guys, um, I just wanted to say, make sure you check out our Facebook Live event coming out at the end of the month. I think it's the 22nd. Second. Is that true? Yes. 
It's actually this upcoming weekend. <clears throat> oh, wait. It's the day after this. It's the day this it comes out. It's a Sunday? Yeah, it's this Sunday. <laughs> Jesus. Once again, we don't know what we're doing on this show. Okay, so it's just going to be a surprise. Me. If you guys are watching our Facebook Live later today, you are going to see that it is so hot that we have decided we are going to do this month's Facebook Live yes. in Christine's pool. Inside a pool. On my brand new waterproof iPhone X. Yes, that's correct. And so it's, sorry if the sound is horrible, but also it's so... But also we are not sorry. ...blindingly hot over here that I... We can't. We don't have room to care. 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time today. Um, Catch us in our skimpies. Yep. Mmm, <laughs> yum. Oh, yeah. Also, Em has to talk about ghosts now. Uh, oh, there's the a cat. cat. Holy oh, shit. The cat. Oh. This scared the crap out of me. How did he get in here? God. The, the cat just climbed right up. Hi. Hi, baby. Hi, handsome. It's a baby, baby juniper. Baby sweets. Um, also, last thing before we get to the ghost stories, we have a lot of live shows coming up, and they're on our tour page on our website, and that's where you drink.com. Buy your tickets. Okay, bye. Now, um, tell a story. Do you have anything to say, Juniper? Junie's here, too. Oh, she, wait, he's purring. Oh, he's purring in the microphone. You're stealing his limelight. Junie, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Everyone's like, tell a fucking story. <laughs> Everyone's like, I'm already done. Okay, so this story um, has intrigued me for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Since middle school, one might say. Really? Or at least high school. Since I lived at home. This is a story that Deirdre told me on a whim one time. Okay. And I've always remembered it. I don't know if she even remembers it. But it is an urban legend. And it is the Green Children of Woolpit. Oh my god, what? I've never heard of this. Okay. I just like to picture Deirdre being like, the green children. Oh, she was like, have you ever heard of this? You should just look it up and just see what you think about that. Oh, my. Okay. Um, hi, Juniper. Jenny. Oh, man. This is not your moment right now. He's he's making it his moment. Hi, sweets. Aww. Oh, oh, the kitty kitty. He loves me. Okay. He's so good at giving kisses. Okay. Goodbye. So, the green children of Woolpit. So it's from the 12th. Oh, and he's back. Oh, for God's <laughs> sakes. All right. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. He's coming. Boop. Okay, so. Um, I don't know what you thought was going to happen. I don't right, know. I'm getting he really, really drove nails in that time. I mean, you were literally pretending you were, like, a creature to be attacked. <laughs> Went all the way. He broke skin in a lot of places just now. Oh, and now Geo's here. Baby Geo, wow, this is so special. Oh, God, I stepped on the chair and there's just sweat on it. That's disgusting. <laughs> Eva, do you miss us? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, okay, for comedic relief, you throw as much of that in there as you want, Eva. Oh, God. So, um, all right. So, the Green Children of Woolpit. This is from the 12th century, during the reign of either King Stephen or King Henry II. Okay. What was that sound? I don't know, actually. I think think it was was a a bat. I think it was a car, like, skidding. Oh. Where is he? He's right here. Oh, and he's sitting right next to me. And the air conditioning. What a weird coincidence. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Okay. 12th century. 12th century. So this is in a town called St. Mary's of the Wolf Pits. 
Or, what? also nicknamed lovingly as Woolpit. Woolpit in Suffolk, England. Okay. Um, one night. <gasps> I know the story. Oh. It just hit me. It's my favorite. I like don't Is know. Is it your favorite? Yeah. To not remember it. No, but I didn't know. I thought since Deirdre told me, I thought it was like a local urban legend or something. But now oh, I, no. I know what you mean now. I but... just had to say intercontinental and you lost your mind. Is that what you said? I said Suffolk, England. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. <laughs> Same exactly. difference. I remember now, but in the 1700 thing, I don't know very well, but I know of it. Super cool. Sorry. All right. Um, okay. Well, sorry now. Just no, act no. like you've never heard this no, before. No, no, I don't know much about it. I just like know of it. Okay. So I'm very excited. So one night, uh, field workers found two children in wolf pits. And these wolf pits were deep ditches that were excavated around the area to trap wolves that were living in the area at the time. They were just like holes? Yeah, they're like giant holes oh, that basically shit. they would like just fall into. And, they can't climb and then out. they were too tall to oh my God. climb out. It was also the twelve hundred the twelfth century, so like there like PETA wasn't around to tell them that that wasn't. They weren't? <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe like one person who but thought it was kind of rude, but me- medieval PETA was one guy. Medieval PETA. <laughs> he was just one guy. He was like, this seems a little mean. He's like, that's wrong. And everyone's like, okay, well let's not Do eat. you want your mutton or not? So <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, that was the name they named the village after the wolf pits. Hence Sure, it makes sense. Wolf pit. So these holes were at least as twice as tall as the children and a couple hundred square feet wide. Oh, shit. So when these two children fell into them or somehow got in there, that was why they couldn't get out. So yeah. field workers ended up finding them in, in these wolf pits. The children, they were a boy and a girl, and they were found in the hole, and they were speaking a language nobody had ever heard, <gasps> wearing clothes, quote, of a strange color made from unfamiliar materials. Oh, my God. And they had green skin. So... They were brought to a knight named Sir Richard Decane, and he gave them a home and food. Nice. Which is very nice. Very like, kind. If I saw someone that was green and did not speak a language I had ever heard of and was wearing clothes I'd never seen, I would not bring them into my house. Yeah, and that's why you're not a knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's I'm no not noble. There's no Sir M around here. <laughs> and so uh, the children, although they were offered food, refused to eat anything anyone tried to feed them. Um, they would take no food, no matter how delicious or how much of it was available to them. No mutton? No mutton. Wow. Can you believe it? Maybe they were PETA. Maybe they were early PETA supporters. They were like, no, 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 I don't do that. I, I eat organically based. I ge- eat vegan bean sprouts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting that you bring that up. because, <laughs> <laughs> Well, not the vegan part. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, so the one thing that they were willing to eat were beans. Oh, see? I knew. So, maybe they were vegan. Who knows? It could be. So... As options got slimmer and slimmer, and they were like, what the hell do we give these kids? Which, by the way, that was not me. I was willing to eat everything under oh, the sun when I was a child. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and still. And still. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, oh, I am a garbage disposal. Got it. <laughs> um, Sir Richard's servants offered them raw beanstalks. Ew. And when handed the beanstalks, they clearly didn't know what to do. They knew that there were beans somewhere in there, but they were just eating the beanstalks raw because <gasps> they didn't know how to get to the pods. What? When they were shown how to get the beans out, they got, like, I guess, very evidently excited. Oh, boy. And it was clear that this was a familiar food to them. And it was all that they ate for (gasps) months. So the only thing they ate were raw beans. How creepy. And uh, Raw beans. That's so gross. And nothing else. Sorry, heartburn. Stop Uh, eating so many raw beans. (laughs) So the boy... 
of, of the children, he refused to ever learn to eat anything else. And so he only ate the beans. He never developed the new language, nothing like that. He actually eventually died from malnutrition. Oh, how sad. Um, the girl, however, welcomed new foods into her diet, and she slowly started learning English, and she lost her green skin. Whoa. And so when she learned to speak English, she started learning to speak it fluently, and she took her, um, she said she didn't have a name before, and she took the name of Agnes Barr. I mean, that's the name I would take, too. I mean, if it's available, you take it. Oh, for sure. And so she was baptized, which at the time meant that she was um, committed to a good moral standing in that society at that time. But she was known by neighbors to, quote, be rather reckless and wanton in her con- in her conduct. <laughs> you say wanton like the food. Yeah, well, it's spelled like wanton. Wanton. <laughs> it's not spelled like the food. Yeah, huh? W a n t o n. How's the food spelled? W o n t o n. You're right. <laughs> Fuck. Whatever. She was a wanton. In she her was behavior. a wanton. Wanton. I thought it was wanton. It is wanton. I thought it was wanton. Yeah, I know you thought. And it, it was, is wanton. I know you thought it was. Wanton. Here's the thing. Even I knew that that probably couldn't be right. So I went on like YouTube and went and typed it in and did pronunciation, and it sounded like wanton. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I think that's it's how it like is. Wanton. Maybe. Like wanton. But then I was like, no, that's all right. It's wanton. <laughs> Whatever. The girl that was a wanton is the title she of this episode. She behaved like a wanton. Let's be real. I mean. I mean. Some people liked her. Some people didn't. You know I what mean, I mean? Come on. That's exactly correct. That's exactly what a wanton is. That's, that's um, what it all boils down to. <laughs> In that case, though, let's just put, let's just be real. You're a writer at Nickelodeon. Why don't you have a wanton wanton story going? I mean, I do now. A reckless Chinese food. Eva, write that down. Escape the kitchen. All right. Who works at Nickelodeon? You or me? Come on. Relax. I think it's about to be me when I pitch that. I'm pitching a movie tomorrow, and I'm about to scrap my whole idea. Let's talk about how we could segu into a wanton wanton on a segue. <laughs> <laughs> segue wait also hold on everybody please pause because a bunch of people were like it's actually not from the french it's from the italian and i was like m thought it was a segue with a w so don't bitch me out for saying it's it's okay everyone's gonna say something that wanton isn't chinese so we're gonna get a whole new week of it um sorry it was chinese well a wanton is oh that oh okay anyway so listen we don't know what we're talking about i don't know why let's get back to agnes Barr. Can we just talk about Agnes Everybody, and how she's such a wanton? Will you guys stop derailing this conversation, you guys? Please. God. Honestly, your voices are so loud. I can't, we're I trying can't to concentrate. Ed- we're trying to educate you. And, and Eva's just trying to fucking edit, and she clearly will not be able to she's do it. She's having a hard time. All right. Well, everyone can laugh at me for another word I apparently did not know, and just how badly the Wait, education system have, failed me. Hold on. No, I wouldn't have said anything except that it was wanton, which just made me laugh so much because it's like <laughs> wantons. I was so excited to, to talk about it because I was like, oh, yeah, wonton. <laughs> oh, well. I like the wonton in a segue, though. That's let's just, maybe someone can just start keeping a tally of the words that I don't know at 26. Maybe let's not do that because I feel like that's just, just get sad. It'll just, just get like, really sad. A little bit. And that's why we'll drink. So, Agnes. 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 Um, all right. Anyway, she was baptized, but apparently is also a wonton. So. Right, 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 right. Um, so she's Chinese too. Yeah, she actually became Chinese after the green skin this went away. Wild. Yeah. Okay. So she married Richard Barr, who was a medieval judge and an ambassador who worked for Kings Henry the Second and Richard the First. Nice. 
Um, <clears throat> although that fact has actually been disputed, saying that there's no way that she would have married Richard Barr because Richard Bear, Richard Barr was also a former archdeacon. And okay. he later retired as a canon, so he probably never married. He was celibate or whatever. That's what they said. Oh, yeah. okay. So um, why did she have the last name? Well, they don't know for sure. All of this is like... Oh, and also it's like... Was it 1700s or... The 1100s. 1100s. Okay, no wonder. Yeah. Um, oh, there's my ride. Please. <laughs> Here, to the to the planet of the wonton <laughs> children. <laughs> okay, but that also... Did you see The Incredibles? Uh, two? Yeah. No, not yet. Because speaking of wonton children, the uh, oh. the uh, short in front, you know how like Pixar yeah, has yeah, a short? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally a wonton child. No way. It's a dumpling child, but it's a child that's a dumpling, and then the mom ends up eating the fucking child. Oh my god. Wait, Which what? Is, <laughs> yeah. That's what everyone sounded like in the theater, well, no by the way. no wonder you thought this was a wonton child. That's what I'm saying. Anyway. I think Pixar is really disrupting our youth education i think pixar is actually stealing our notes and then making movies 14 years in advance about them you know what pixar we're gonna sue with our with our one dollar lots of dollars (laughs) even write that down sue pixar um all right so so she potentially married richard barr um when so anyway so now she can speak fluent english and when she finally was able to speak english well enough to communicate she ended up telling her story of how the (gasps) fuck she had green skin and all that um she said that her and her brother came from a world under the ground called saint martin's land the fuck and saint we've got an audience should we close the window no it's so hot just listen to all the ambient sounds of (laughs) pretty of los angeles (laughs) (laughs) okay we're back (laughs) so saint martin which was the name yeah town uh saint martin some people say saint martin and other reports said saint martin's land okay um I'm just going to go with St. Martin. It was apparently constantly under twilight. There was never a lot of sun and there, it was never sunny outside. It was always twilight. So it was always and really dark and shady. And it was underground? Yeah, under the ground, which would make so, sense because if it's under our ground, it's not getting to the sun, you know? Do you think it was under the ground? Sorry, I'm so freaked out. Okay, go on. So <clears throat> apparently there's a whole town called St. Martin's Land or St. Martin where there's a whole community of people and everyone is green and apparently there is another beautiful land that sits across their town that's but the towns are divided by a very 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 large river okay they apparently her and her brother decided to wander around and found themselves in a cave under the ground and they ended up finding themselves on earth's surface (gasps) like they'd climbed through the cave up to earth oh shit and then they got up there and because they could see like a hole at the end of the tunnel and like light was like coming through and they'd never seen the sun before oh my god they were kind of walking towards it but also it was blinding them because they'd never seen anything that bright before and once they had hit earth's surface they got really scared of the light and tried to run away but they got lost and uh then they were found by the field workers and they like fell in a hole probably or they like, I'm imagine yeah, something like that. Either they fell in a hole or maybe the hole was like the entrance from the other end of the cave or something like that. And then they like, I don't know. Wouldn't they go back in the cave? 
There's multiple. There's multiple reports. Oh, 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 okay. There's a lot of things, but I'm on I'm on your page where like they got scared and it ran and then fell, into, they a fell hole. into a pit. Right. So apparently that's their story, but that particular this whole thing, the whole green children of Woolpit, um, there's two original sources that the story came from. One was from a man named William of Newburgh. He mm-hmm. wrote The History of English Affairs, which was a history of England from the late 1000s to the late 1100s. That's its entire history. <laughs> so a brief history. He, so that's his. Uh, apparently he wrote about it in that. And then there's also another guy named Ralph of Cogshall. And he had heard the story directly from Richard Decane himself. Oh, the, the, night, the night that took them in. Right. That's so cool. Apparently Richard took them in and then once the brother died and uh Agnes was still alive, right. Agnes became his servant for many years. Oh. Do we know what, how early the boy died? Was it like pretty quickly cuz he within eat? months. Okay. So N- William Newberg, the one who wrote the hi- brief history of English. Right. Um he was originally a skeptic about the story, but by the time he wrote um his book he had believed the story because, quote, of the weight of so many and such competent witnesses. Oh, shit. So he was changed, apparently. And interesting enough, uh, there was no mention of the Green Children in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles, which was a popular work that dealt with uh, English history up until the death of King Stephen. And it supposedly included many of the, quote, wonders popular at the time. So it should have talked about oh, weird so like that's kind of one of the things disputing that this ever even happened because that it would have been brought up it would have been in that book sure um ralph of Cogshall, the one of the guys who uh first wrote about the green children his story um because they ha- both have kind of similar but different accounts yeah of what happened so ralph who seems to be more of the actual reliable person because he actually knew the night right he says that the girl's point of view was that her and her brother were watching over their father's flock of animals mm-hmm. when they heard sounds of bells coming from inside of a cave. Oh, boy. So they followed the sounds and walked through the dark until they found the other end of the cave. Their senses were so overwhelmed by the blinding light of the sun that they ended up walking all the way out to the cave, not really knowing where they were going, and they ended up in the wolf pit. Uh, okay. And they were scared and tried to go back into the cave, but they were so scared and running around that they had the dirt that they were kicking up from running around covered up the hole. So they got, they were trying to, they couldn't figure out the entrance back into their, and they were probably blinded by the sun and stuff. Right. Right. Okay. Um, William, the guy who was changed by everyone else's opinion, he says that her account was that she said they were. Basically, he had more description about the town because all of the witnesses he had talked to had all slowly given him more detail of what she had said. So his story is more like her account of the town. And so he says that she called the town St. Martin's Land, named after their patron saint. And the place had many churches and a lot of the residents were Christians. I, I love how it's just so like the same but also, they just are randomly green and speak a different language. Yeah. But also, they have patron saints. Yeah, exactly. Patron and Catholicism. Saints. <laughs> okay. And apparently, what happened was, like she had said in other accounts, that St. Martin's Land has never had any sunlight. It's only twilight. And there's a giant river that they can never cross. Um, but after one night, her and her brother are finally deciding that they're going to cross the river, 
they did cross the river and they ended up walking through a dark forest instead of a cave. Oh. And they ended up finding themselves at Woolpit and then couldn't find their way back through the right part of the forest to get home. Oh, okay. So those are two different stories, but basically a Turner brother wandered off and, and they, they couldn't find lost. themselves. Sure. Um, also in both accounts, they heard bells and that's what decide, like they were just like transfixed by these bells and they had to go find out where the sound was. Oh, so I don't know if you know the answer to this or if you're going to talk about it, but like, do you think they ever were like, please take us home, like to our families or were they just like, this they is try- life now? They tried, but they couldn't speak English. Oh. And then by the time they were able to speak English, they had already like acclimated, acclimated to, the- to okay. the town. Um, and I think they were also so young. They like kind of forgot. Uh, kind of depressing. Cause there are stories that say that. She tried to give her account, but as she got older, she couldn't remember much of the town. Oh, so it was she was patchy. a little kid, yeah. This is where all the theories come in, sure. because the main question is, like, why the fuck are you green? I mean, I do want to know the theories. <laughs> yeah, I have very many questions. So some think, there's a lot of theories, by the way, so I'm just going to run them off. Sure. Some thought that the children suffered from green sickness, which plagued unmarried Victorian women. Yeah, me too. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> But then a lot of people disputed, first of all, that doesn't fucking make sense. And second of all, he's like the the brother who's not an unmarried Victorian woman uh, also had green skin. So also, that's not a thing. So what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Well, apparently it is a thing, which I will what? explain later. Hang on. So oh, another shit. theory. The This is also one of the more wild I'm theories. I'm pouring more wine. <laughs> um, oh, why? A more wild theory. Great. I'm ready. <laughs> can't wait so some thought that the children and by some i mean this one guy named robert burton <laughs> this one guy that's like the most that's like reddit like for the record look at my bullets so it says some thought and then it said robert burton and i was like <laughs> i mixed up my bullets oh my god so robert burton wrote a book called the anatomy of melancholy which can i get a copy of that book and can my therapist too that's our autobiography uh, apparently the children just fell from heaven just fell from heaven just green children sure i'm not even gonna go there so what it did though was it caused the stir that implied that they could have been from another world aliens aliens okay so let's go back i said let's not go there but now (laughs) now i want to go there so in 1996 an astronomer named duncan lunan oh my god yeah it sounds like a, a fake guy he said that the children this was his theory they accidentally teleported to Earth from another planet, most likely Venus or Mars. Me too. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> they may have originated from a planet that one side is always light and the other side is always dark with a twilight zone in the middle. And they lived in the middle. They lived in the middle of this planet. The river that they mentioned in their story could have been, quote, a huge canal that encircled the entire planet for thermoregulatory purposes. This guy sounds Duncan. bananas. Duncan. So he's got quite a specific view. Um, he also, if that wasn't enough, claims that their accidental teleportation trip was basically they were trying to come to Earth in a, quote, Star Trek style transporter that malfunctioned. So he's recent then. Yeah. Oh, this is, I'm, this I'm is thinking he's from like 1200 and I'm like, how does he know about Star Trek? No, this this was from 1996. Oh, so he's just an alien dude. Yeah. Okay, got it. And then his the green skin, he just shrugs off with a side effect from consuming the genetically modified alien plants. Duh. Duh. So genetically, hold on. Obviously, Duncan oh is a, a man of only wisdom. wisdom. Oh, um, that's exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. So, so far, Duncan's runner up. Wisdom runs the deep. theories. Yes. 
Um, another. To, to be fair, if he said all this to me, I'd probably be like, fascinating. <laughs> I'd be I, like, tell me every fact I would you jump, know. We'd jump on board so fast. I'd be like, and where am I? Duncan, where did I come from? How do I get there and teleport myself? So that's one theory is that they're aliens in a very specific way. Okay. <laughs> another is that they're children that just fell from heaven. Heaven. Another is that they are unmarried Victorian spinsters. And <laughs> my favorite theory. <laughs> another theory is that the green shield, this one's the most realistic. Okay. Okay. So okay. far that they were abandoned at a young age in the woods and raised by wolves. So they lived in, they could have lived in caves away from the sunlight. So they had a very, also probably had a very poor diet and they could have had uh chlorosis. That's for like eating plants. Chlorophyll, chlorophyll sort of. Uh, I don't know. It sounds so, like chlorophyll, like eating plants. Yeah, okay. but that's what it sounds. Uh, but I'm going to actually get to that later. I put, oh, I put oh, it okay. in differently in my notes. But uh, they had, they could have had chlorosis from the poor diet, and also suggesting that they were raised by wolves. Some reports say that both children, whenever they <laughs> would see food, they would howl at the moon, <gasps> and then they would run on all fours for the rest oh, of the night. Em and me do that too. <laughs> i don't always say em and me em and i do that too um, um but okay. my, can i have a am i allowed to ask a question yeah, about that though because yeah. my thought is why do they speak a different language like if they were raised by wolves they wouldn't speak a language like they would just be like maybe they just like did a lot of grunting or maybe they invented their own you know how oh yeah do, i guess maybe? yeah maybe they had their own little like uh, but is being raised by wolves really a thing or is that like because well, Mowgli did it i know there's it's like romulus and Re- like it's like a right well no a myth, they, a myth well there has been i know there was um there's a few stories of people who were actually raised by wolves truly really truly there's wow. there's one girl i know you can find it on youtube but they interviewed her they're like what was it like to be raised by wolves oh that's wild um, they don't eat her i guess not I'm, we're gonna get emails but i mean we're gonna get emails Don't emails because i'm gonna google it the second this episode's over i'm gonna find out the all second about it. we we're gonna have all the information before you've even emailed and us. then you're gonna email us and i'm gonna be like i googled it i know um but i will google it but that's fascinating yeah so that's bonkers um there's also a man harold t wilkins and he wrote a book called mysteries solved and unsolved love him in the 50s he said that the green children may have entered our world from a parallel dimension that seems reasonable i think by accidentally passing through some form of window that bridged the two worlds Mm, okay all right I'm, i'm in i'm down Others say that they came from an underground world that was linked to our above-ground world by a labyrinth of interconnecting tunnels. What? Which inhabit a race of advanced humanoids. But wouldn't we know that from, like, metal detectors? I feel like we... Yeah. All the metal in our brain. I have a metal detector. I know, I know, I know. I know. I, I feel like at I just some wanted point, to say that I have for a metal. all of the people who like go like into swamp, like sewers and all that shit, like someone would have found a world or just someone like, right. Someone would have found a green person. Don't we have like sonar detectors? We would have figured that shit out by now. I mean, they've looked for Atlantis and haven't found it. I don't think <laughs> if they were literally under our feet. This is Atlantis actually. Maybe it is Atlantis. Seriously. I don't I'm know. surprised that that's not one of the theories. That's what I thought you were going to say. Cause that's makes sense to me. So here, those are all the like, uh huh, sure theories. Wacko but there are two theories. main theories. Like, like, what do you call them? Um, academic theories, or like more like um, not really academic because the next word I'm going to say is fairy. Um, <laughs> but okay, okay, but yeah, okay. academic. I mean, sure. depending on the school of witchcraft and the wizardry of thought yeah. that you're in. Okay, so <laughs> so in the 12th century, this was a time when pagan beliefs and stories were still 
like intertwined with Christian sure, teachings. Sure. So um, there is a theory that they were fairies. Oh dear. Speaking purely on a story analysis, the color green often means uh, that fairies are nearby. It also means nature, and in Celtic Celtic mythology, it means death. Oh boy. Um, in Celtic folklore. They believe that the boundaries between the physical world and the fairy realms are there and exist always, but fairies often will not cross certain bodies of water. Really? Such as the giant river they were talking about. That they have natural boundaries that very often they wander away from. They also believe that fairies are very particular in the foods that they are offered. <gasps> oh. Um, green is also a regular color on fairy beings, so the skin would make sense with how the fairies could have like i got this from uh one website about fairies so i don't know i don't want to like make fun of anyone who like believes in that stuff like so i i'm just reading straight off of this but it says this is very in line with how fairies could have humanoid qualities yet look inhuman okay which makes sense to yeah, me it does make sense i never thought of fairies as green but apparently that's actually a common thing I and tinkerbell wore green she wore green. But she wasn't green. Well, also, they said, like, how Robin Hood apparently lived in, like, a world with, like, some mythical oh. creatures. He wore green. Peter Pan wore green. Oh, interesting. So, like, they said the, like, green... And they were always in nature, like, the forest and stuff. Yeah, and they're yeah. always, like, flying, or they have some sort of sure. skill or something. I mean, I know that mythology goes, like, way, 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 way back. Yeah. yeah. But apparently in more, like, Celtic folklore, it's, like, their skin can be green. Interesting. Okay. Especially if they're elves. Elves' oh, skin is apparently okay. green. I know I'm probably I'm I have the most basic knowledge of this so please do not send in a million emails correcting me I'm going to figure it out I'm going to look it up but from what I gathered yeah yeah yeah, yeah. elves are the most green skinned so they thought maybe these kids are elves okay um uh, bu- 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 bu. so even the land that they described as Saint Martin's land apparently resembles what a lot of land like the land of fairy looks like sure um in traditional folklore and in the story, they like beans, but apparently in Celtic tradition, beans is the food of the dead. <gasps> so then there's also a story that maybe they are fairy ghosts. <gasps> Ooh, I and, like that theory. And then there's another twist that maybe they're elvish ghosts. Okay. And then maybe they're fairy elvish ghosts. I, I It could go in a million directions. Or maybe they're alive ghosts that just like beans. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they're just green-skinned humans. Who the fuck knows? Um, so Celtic people also believe that sunrise sunset happen to be the two times where the fairy world and the human world overlap the best like the witching hour basically at 3 sure. a.m okay it's so there's a chance since they showed up in the middle of the night that you know maybe the world's overlapped and that's how they kind of like transported into this world by accident and got stuck or something and got stuck and couldn't get back and like the land had like solidified or something sure oh no and Listen, then i'm falling i'm into it okay cool yeah uh fairies apparently are intoxicated which is a quote, oh, a quote word. me too. They are intoxicated. <laughs> no. Intoxicated by bells and otherworldly music. Oh, I see. Never mind. Compelling them to join humans in the human world. So maybe they They're heard. They're drawn to it. Oh they my heard God, bells. That's wild. And then were desperate to cross the natural boundary of the river that they usually don't cross. Especially because they were the like hour, young. Maybe they were. Oh, during wow. the hour where our worlds would have overlapped. That's interesting. And then they just showed up and couldn't come back. Holy shit. And they spoke a different language and they wore clothes no one had ever seen. That is that I forgot about the clothes. That's pretty yeah. weird. Cuz again like wolf children but then like where did they get these weird clothes right. that no one had ever seen? So I mean that's a very 
realistic theory that they were fairies and that a lot of people think this might just be like an urban legend that started in celtic folklore where they you sure, know, warned they you dr- about the green children right they like drew like you drew from the the folklore yeah that makes sense so if this were to be a reality and something that really 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 happened then people go with the next theory i'm going to tell you and that's the researcher paul harris okay so Paul Harris says that the children could have been Flemish immigrants who fled from Fornham St. Martin to Woolpit. Okay, okay. So they could have been English. Another theory that he had is that they could have been English and had their unique um, villages dialect. And because oh. nobody ever traveled to other villages, um, nobody oh. recognized what they were saying. Sure. They also could have traveled through the mines through the Thetford Forest to escape persecution from King Henry II. Oh. Um, with, that would explain why they spoke in a different language and the sun could have been blocked by all the tall trees in the forest. So maybe they, they're just used to living in the shade and kind of in the dark. Yeah. So the town is now called Fornham All Saints, but at the time it was called Fornham St. Martin. Oh. So when they said they were from st martin's land maybe they meant fornham st martin and were just too little or didn't know the language well enough that they couldn't right. explain themselves well it makes sense too that it was like 1100s 1200s yeah and that they were like oh we don't recognize this language but it's not like they had google or like new right. foreign languages necessarily in a small village so that's interesting so chances are that either they were flemish and so nobody knew the flemish language or that they came from a small english town and nobody recognized the dialect that they could have been trying to run from persecution from King Henry II, and they were hiding through the mines and hiding through the forest. Poor little children. And so maybe when people said, where are you from? They said St. Martin thinking, oh, Fornham St. Martin, but they didn't know. They didn't remember that last part. Makes sense. And the church nearby where they would have been running around and hiding has bells that would have been heard. Oh, shit. Sorry, Gio had to sneeze. Bless you. Also, right next to the Thetford Forest that they would have been running through is Lark River that runs through um, St. Martin and has an area nearby that has several underground passageways that used to be old mines. So people think, okay, they were running around through the mines and they saw a river and then they crossed it to get to hear the bells and oh how creepy and they did they had a weird language because they never left that part of the town before do you think like the green skin was just kind of like a it became exaggerated as people told the story maybe well the green skin could have been two different things okay according to what he has what harris has to say sure so it could have been chlorosis like i said which right. is a form of anemia oh ca- caused by a lack of nutrition and it reduces the delivery of healthy red blood cells to tissues which gives your skin a green tint oh, shit. okay so don't email me about how i said it was about chlorophyll please well i thought like plants are green and the skin could be green i'm learning but so it could be chlorosis so it could just be from anemia interesting um, which also the green skin was actually common at the time for what? ill-fed overworked girls oh. before iron supplements came out Oh, so anemia, like same yeah. thing. So it could be from chlorosis or the green skid could have come from, because the kids were found by themselves, they could have been abandoned by their parents or their parents could have been more abusive than that and fed them arsenic and <gasps> left them for dead in the woods. Oh, Because apparently fuck. it was quite a common practice oh back my God. then 
for parents to kill off their children to collect inheritance on them because they were trying to run from persecution and needed money. And they didn't want to have to carry the children. Dude, how fucked up is that? So it could have been that their parents tried to feed them arsenic, which was used in green dyes and gave the skin a green (gasps) rash. No. And And it would make sense why hers went away after time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And their, like I said, their unknown language could have just been from a distant town. And it could have also further been an even harder language to understand because they would have because of the effects of the arsenic poisoning they could have been like really loopy and not making any sense on top of having a weird dialect wow but that's disputed because people say the arsenic poisoning since it causes so many side effects like green rashes and vomiting and signs of illness at a time where medieval people were so superstitious nobody would have taken in those children sure okay fair point but there could also just be like a really nice person the noble knight the noble knight who just brings them in yeah so basically the green skin could have been from being poisoned from arsenic or being abandoned and having chlorosis holy crap so uh this story has inspired several books including the green child in 1934 strange destinies in 1965 and the green girl or the girl green as elderflower in 1980 (laughs) the green the, the girl, girl is green, green as elderflower. elderflower. Um, also, Woolpit is still a place, and they have a church there where various relics are there to talk about the history of the green children, wow. including their nearby uh, welcome sign into the town, their banner, and a scroll inside the church all talk about the story of the How green children. crazy. Well, the crazy thing to me is that 800 years later, this is still discussed and, like, wondered about. Isn't that 800 years? 1,200? Well, 1,100. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I mean, enough time. <laughs> it's like 800 years. It just blows my mind that like it's still even a thing. Do you want to hear me speak Flemish? Yeah. Do you want to hear me sing Fle- Flemish? Yeah. Huh? Okay, this part's French. Hold on. Da-da-da-da. Flemish idol. This is so embarrassing. But you asked to I do m- this. I know, but I might make you delete it. We'll see. Zonder liefde, varme liefde, weite winde, samme wind. Zonder liefde, varme liefde, wente zee, de grese zee. What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, let me see. Zander liefde, warme liefde, lichte, lichte, donkere lichte, entschurte zand over my land, van plot land, min of land, land, ay, Marieke, Marieke, je flamme, oi, hold on. <laughs> Le ciel flamant, colleur de tour, de bruges et gants. Is that ay, French Marieke, now? Yeah, it switches back and forth. Fleur avec moi, de bruges et gants. <laughs> That's what my, song is that? It's I, Marieke, Marieke by Jacques Brel. Oh, right. Yeah, I know that one. Jacques Brel is alive and well and living in Paris. Zander liefde, warmde, warme. Yeah, warme liefde. liefde. Oh, yeah. Liefde. It's a great song. It, it is a great song, though. I mean, it sounds... I mean, you really nailed it. It sounds great. I'm going to have all these people being like, that is not how you say French words. Okay, so... I don't care. Christine's single is dropping at the end of the year. <laughs> In Flemish. in Flemish. <laughs> Listen, Flemish isn't my first language, so I don't really want to be. English isn't either, though, so <laughs> you're probably nailing Flemish compared to English. De Bruges, And then it ends with it. He's just yelling, like, De Bruges, And I'm like, why is he. I think you're going to also be drunkenly screaming that on a street corner Y'all, one day. It's such a good song. Okay. I used to play on the piano. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's talk about something else. Jesus. Okay. Well,. You're welcome. You said Flemish and I couldn't. Tough act to follow, I guess. I couldn't get it out of my head. (laughs) Tough act for me to follow my own fucking terrible singing with the story. All right, let's, let's hear it. 
You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, so I got a wild one for you today okay like a like bananas like a bananas one okay this is the story of jennifer pan i don't know her okay this has been covered on a few a few podcasts um i heard it on case file a long time ago and it like blew my mind uh my favorite murder did an episode and um also blew my mind and then today i went and like full dive researched it even more blew my mind so i feel like i I hope i at least did you always blow my mind one time. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and it's hard because sometimes I like I I do stories that have been covered by like big big podcasts, and I'm like I hope I do it justice. But I I really like, I did my own research, so I'm hoping I at least gotcha. d- have a take that's different. So I do want to credit both of those though for like piquing my interest and giving me some information. Like the case file episode is like two hours long, and he oh shit does oh and it include okay I'll tell you more as we go. But okay. it was incredible. Oh, and I got a lot of uh, this information also from an article in Toronto Life uh, magazine or newspaper. Newspaper, I think. 
which was written by a woman named Karen K. Ho, who was friends with Jennifer Pan in high school. So she did like a huge expose. Oh, cool. Like having known her in high school. So that was where a lot of this information came from. Um, okay. I'm just going to dive right in. Ready? I would, I would hope you do. It's the evening of November 8th, 2010. Scorpio season. Oh, no. Three days after Gia's birthday. He was just a twinkle in my eye. Oh, and mine too. <laughs> Before we ever knew each other, we both had a geo twinkle in our eye. Oh, sweet baby boy. And drink some wine. Hold on. It's the baby baby. I forgot he was in here. I know. He's being so sweet. So November 8th, 2010. 27-year-old Jennifer Pan is watching Gossip Girl. Naturally. Me too. And John and Kate plus eight. Okay, me too. More like him. Yeah. Uh, in her childhood bedroom, and her mother, Bick, had just gotten home from line dancing class, and her father, Han, had just gone to bed when she hears a, no- a noise from downstairs. Three men had just stormed into the house with <gasps> guns. <gasps> One of the men grabbed Jennifer, tied her to the banister with shoelaces, oh, no. and demanded money. She told him where to find $2,500 that she had saved up and stashed in her room. Meanwhile, the other two men ordered her parents, Han and Bick, downstairs. So they woke up Han with a gun to his face and said, oh come with God. us. The other one grabbed Bick, her mother, uh, brought them downstairs into the basement the entire time demanding money. The intruders were screaming, yelling at them, and then telling them to shut up and stop talking. Then one of them shot Han twice. <sighs> oh, no. Once in the shoulder and then right in the face through his eye. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bick saw this, her husband being shot, started screaming, so they shot her three times in the head, <gasps> killing her instantly. So at this point, Jennifer is still tied to the banister upstairs. She has managed to get her phone out from her pocket and called 911. And on the case file episode, literally the first thing you hear is the 911 call. Oh my and God. And it is chilling, and it is crazy. Like, it is... I highly recommend that episode for, like, a really in-depth look at this, but it is chilling so she calls 911 you hear the phone call so she's screaming help i heard bangs i'm i'm tied up i don't i don't know where my parents are i'm hearing banging i don't know what it is it's like gunshots then about 34 seconds in you can hear a groaning noise and uh it's her father and he's woken up oh no yeah after being shot in the eye and in the shoulder sees his wife dead has dragged his body upstairs from the basement and has managed to leave the house so you can hear this on the call you can hear him like groaning and like dragging himself outside open the door and go outside he is starts screaming wildly he sees his neighbor in his driveway uh the neighbor obviously calls 911 immediately paramedics arrive they took han and jennifer to the hospital unfortunately bick had been killed instantly on being shot um han was severely injured the bullet had grazed his carotid artery so it had like just barely missed his carotid artery it had shattered a bone near his eye lodged bullet fragments in his face and had shattered a bone in his neck so he was put into a medically induced coma and they didn't know if he would make it um so they brought jennifer in too and around 3 a.m police interviewed her she was you can that by the way that's also on the case file episode it is oh my god it is crazy um, police interviewed Jennifer around 3 a.m. the night of the attack. She explained what had happened and was sent home. Two days later, she was brought back for more questioning and was asked to explain the scene. So it's an interesting tactic that they do where they ask you to explain what happened. Then they ask you to come back and explain what happened as if you were looking at it from the ceiling. 
like it's like a right it's like, like an a, aerial view yeah it's like a questioning tactic like or a like, third person yeah exactly yeah. and it kind of makes you look at it from a different way so you might see things that you wouldn't have seen otherwise and also it helps police kind of like match up your your story from per- first person to like your story from third person right so it's like a kind of an interesting excuse me technique so they were they asked her to do it from that third party view um, and then she was also asked to show how she had contorted her body to get her phone out of her waistband while she was tied to the banister. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of just asking her, like, details of what had happened that day. Um, and here's the thing. Police were starting to get slightly suspicious of Jennifer's story. What? So there were some holes that they couldn't quite explain. For one thing, the keys to Jennifer's father's Lexus were in plain view by the front door. The car could easily have been stolen if this was a simple home invasion. Additionally, they hadn't come prepared with any bags to stuff items in. They hadn't brought zip ties or anything to restrain the victims, explaining the shoelaces. Right. And above all else, why would they kill two witnesses and leave the third upstairs unharmed? So obviously Jennifer was extremely rattled by this attack. She was compliant with police, um, giving them everything they needed to know. That is, until they asked if they could look through her recent phone records. Oh, no. At this, she suddenly had a lot of questions. Um, she asked, what would they be looking for? What could they possibly access? Uh, how long back would they need to search? How much would they find out? And by November 22nd, during Jennifer's third interview, police realized Jennifer was not telling them the whole truth. And when they began to dig into her past, they learned why. Okay. That's my dramatic writing at at use there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a professional writer. And then I drew a big line. Yeah, I see it. What was that for? That's like, they learned why, dot, 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 and then... It's like, act one is over. Act one is over. <laughs> now we're going, Jennifer Pan was born in 1986 to Vietnamese... Oh, so now we're, we're doing the, hey, I'm Jennifer Pan. You're probably wondering how I got myself yes, here. Um, and then, like... Yes! The reversal... Sound. Rewind. To, like, some, like, punk 90s... Rewind. I'm just a kid. And okay, like don't get that up in my head. Then I'm going to be all distracted. But okay. yes, exactly that. Kay. Like... Kay. You're probably wondering how I am. I mean, that would be the music that played when you're reversing through my life back to middle school. Fucking a thousand percent. Yeah. So, rewind. (laughs) We're back in 1986. So, Jennifer Pan. So, they were like, something's going on here. And they start digging into her past, basically. Uh And this is kind of what they find out. Jennifer Pan was born in 1986 to Vietnamese-born immigrants who had moved to Toronto, Canada as refugees in 1979. Don't do that to Canada. By the way, this is also a Canadian story. Her parents, Bic Ha and Hue Han Pan, you know, I can't... The good, the good, I, the good Canadians really in this story. Tried. Yeah, Bic Ha and Hue Han Pan. Okay. Worked hard to give their children opportunities that they themselves didn't have. Again, they're, they're immigrants. Jeez, sorry. Again, Your microphone farted. Uh, excuse me. Um, they're immigrants. They're refugees. They just wanted to build a better life for their kids, basically. So um, after years of hard work and being thrifty, they were able to buy a large house with a two-car garage in an area called Markham, which had a large Asian population. So that they were among friends and family and people who sure. were, had same similar, culture. Same culture, exactly. Had similar backgrounds. Um, and they were basically making it in Canada, and they were like, well. That's what everyone does in Canada, I imagine. Making it, making Just, it. I mean, that's what I'll, <laughs> the second I move to Canada, I'm going to be making it. <laughs> and until then, no, no, never. But the second you hit it, <laughs> um, so basically, what they wanted, as a lot of parents do, they wanted to do the best for their kids. And this 
unfortunately came with somewhat of a caveat. So they set extremely high standards for their kids. Um, There was a lot of pressure. They expected them to excel at every turn. Jennifer was the oldest child. She had a brother named Felix who was three years younger than her. And Jennifer started taking piano and figure skating when she was four years old. She would train almost every day of the week in addition to her schoolwork. So sometimes in elementary school, like as a small child, she would get home at 10 p.m. from figure skating and have to do all her homework for the next morning. Jeez. So it was just a lot. I wouldn't come home from figure skating and and just do my homework starting at 10 because <laughs> I was just a horrible student. Oh, no. But like they were for, like they were forcing this. They were like, this is your like pressing your her life. life. Yeah. They were like, you you're going to be training to be basically an Olympic athlete. And my, my mom knew there was no chance. for oh, me, so. me too. Me too. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what's kind of scary about this is that. Well, you'll see. So she's doing piano figure skating classes. Um, she trained every day of the week. She would literally get home at 10 p.m. from training and then have to do her homework for the next day. Uh, She was hoping to become an Olympic figure skating champion. At least that's what her parents wanted for her. Um, And then, unfortunately, she tore a ligament in her knee, so those dreams were dashed. Uh, So she started playing flute in the school band. And according to her high school friend, Karen K. Ho, who I mentioned, who Mm -hmm. later wrote this, this big expose on this whole story. According to Karen Ho... Jennifer's dad, Han, was seen as, quote, the classic tiger dad, and Bick was his, quote, reluctant accomplice. So basically, they monitored Jennifer's extracurriculars extremely carefully. They forbade her from dating, attending school dances, prom, friends' parties, hanging out anywhere outside of school unless it was for an extracurricular uh, for fear that it would distract her from her academic commitments. So when she graduated eighth grade and wasn't valedictorian and, yeah, received no awards, nothing, and it it was rocked just, her world. Yeah, it rocked her world. It was unacceptable in her family. It was one of those things where her family was like, well, this is not who you are. And she just felt like she couldn't live up to what was expected of her. So unfortunately, she started self-harming as a young girl because she felt so out of place and like she couldn't live up to what her family wanted, mm-hmm. which is just really heartbreaking. She was like 13 and yeah. she was already Sad. hurting herself. So in high school, halfway through her freshman year of high school, she was getting like straight C's mm-hmm. and this was again not acceptable mm-hmm. um in her family so what she did was she would uh forge her report cards she basically found a way to like old school way of getting like the paper and then like white out and like copy paste and right the whole the whole nine yards of like just fooling your parents into thinking you're getting a's which i feel like is funny looking back with some families like with my mom i'm like oh yeah i like lied to you about like this assignment you know like right, right, bullshit right. and stuff but with this it was very much like it was a survival thing like she needed to prove to her parents she was getting a's so it's right. a little bit darker um and so she was convincing her parents this whole time that she was fine she was getting a's her you know band practice was going great um so high school goes by her senior year of high school she's set to go to ryerson university mm-hmm. um and she had actually received early admission and her parents were like fine with it they actually they wanted her to go to university of toronto Mm -hmm. to study pharmacology okay but she got early admission to ryerson and they were like i guess we'll take it (laughs) so they weren't thrilled but they were fine with it okay um unfortunately senior year jennifer failed calculus so uh her early admission was rescinded oh boy and she couldn't bear to tell her parents so she didn't tell them nor did she tell anyone Oh, so she just 
she just left to go to campus and then just never actually went into the building? She just went to college without going to college. So as though nothing was wrong, she basically told her parents, I'm starting school. And when the school year began, she would go to her, quote, college classes, but instead she'd go sit in cafes, teach piano to kids to make some money and work as a server in a restaurant. She told her parents she'd received scholarships so they didn't have to worry about the financial aspect of it mm. all. She even she didn't just say I got scholarships. She forged documents saying that she got financial aid and scholarships from wow. the, from the, from the country or from the state, and then that she got scholarships from the university itself. Um, and instead of leaving it that, uh, Jennifer just kind of piled on to the lies. Like mm-hmm. it, it almost like escalated just because she was so far in that she couldn't stop it. Right, basically. right, right. Um, so. Like I said, her father had always dreamed that she'd go to pharmacology at the University of Toronto. So two years into her, quote, college career, that this this entire time she's not going to college at all. Her dad one day goes, so whatever happened to, like, um, this plan? Oh, she had told her dad, I'm going to Ryerson for two years because she wanted to please them. So she said, when she was originally admitted to Ryerson, she's like, I'm only going for two years and then I'm going to transfer to University of Toronto to do pharmacology like you want. So two years into not actually being at Ryerson, her father asks, you know, how's it going? What's the deal with, like, are you going to go transfer? And um, she says, oh, yes, I've been accepted into University of Toronto's pharmacology program. And they were thrilled. And (laughs) wow. Yeah. She went as far as to purchase textbooks. And she literally took notebooks, watched videos and read books in the library, filled out notebooks of notes about pharmacology just so she could go home and say, oh, yeah, these are my notes for today. Crazy. Like, she went that far. Like, she literally filled out notebook after spiraled. notebook. Spiraled. Yeah. <laughs> spiraled. Spiral notebook. Duh. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Yeah, she, <laughs> she like, took it really far. Like, she was this lie was, like, consuming her, basically. And um, because she was so, quote, busy at school, uh, Jennifer requested permission from her parents to move closer to campus and live with a friend she had named Topaz. Okay. So this friend happened to be, um, oh, I miswrote this. Sorry. His name is not Topaz. It's Opal. (laughs) Wrong gemstone. God damn it. (laughs) No, no, no. Sorry. So this friend, um, named Topaz was actually a friend of hers, but she wasn't actually moving in to live with Topaz. She was moving in to live with her secret boyfriend. Named Topaz? Daniel Wong. Daniel Wong. Daniel Wong. Got it. Topaz was a real friend of hers. Got it. She said, I'm moving in with Topaz. Got it, got it, got it. But in reality, she was moving in with her boyfriend. So her boyfriend's name was Daniel Wong, and I'm going to tell you how they met. Okay. Sit back for the epic love story that is about to begin. I'm ready. Let me shuffle my butt. Okay. Butt is shuffled. So this is how they met. He played trumpet in the school band. Remember, she played flute in high school. Their relationship was platonic until a band trip to Europe in 2003. And after a performance in a concert hall filled with smokers, Jennifer suffered a bad asthma attack and she like couldn't breathe. And Daniel Mm -hmm. came to her rescue. Noble night. Took her outside. Another night in this, these Mm -hmm. stories. Yes. Took her outside, helped her breathe. And basically she later said he pretty much saved my life in that everything. So that summer they started dating. So mm-hmm. this was in high school. Now she's several years into like fake college. Right. You know how it is. And Daniel's still with her knowing that she has fake been going to college this whole time. Yep. Okay. But he's also known her family since so she he was. Gets it. 
because when she um she describes it in the case file podcast episode like she describes you can hear her talking to the investigator and she's based he's asking her about her relationship with daniel and she's like yeah my parents wouldn't allow me to have a boyfriend when i was like 18 and we had to like skirt the rules constantly like we were always right so he they were used to basically like lying to her parents and stuff mm-hmm. so she explained basically like i mean he knew he's like your dad would kill you if he knew what was going on so right. he just was kind of on board <laughs> um so years go by and jennifer is still pretending she's in college mm-hmm. for pharmacology and by the time there's only problem because by the time her graduation rolls around she's got to graduate <laughs> right 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 <laughs> and so uh this is what happened she and daniel decide to hire someone online to create a fake transcript to show to her parents to prove that she graduated. So they hire on like Craigslist or whatever, someone to create this like transcript that has all A's on it. And when her parents were like, we want to go to your graduation ceremony, she made up a lie that every student only got one ticket. And she didn't think her parents would want to go without the other parent. So she gave it away to a friend because she didn't want one of her parents to feel left out. So it's just getting a little, like, shady hmm, all of a sudden. What do you mean you get one ticket at University of Toronto yeah. to go to the... Like, it just doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. So... Hold Please hold for the ambulance that decided to fly through our story. Oh, my God. The ambulance on... Ambience. The ambient... Ambi- the, <laughs> the ambient ambulance. ambulance. The ambient ambulance. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's loud. The ambient ambulance. The ambient ambulance. <clears throat> so... Like I said, things started to unravel here and her parents started to get a little bit like, hold on, you're really like not behaving normally. Um, so basically after she quote unquote graduated, Jennifer told her parents that she had started volunteering at a prestigious hospital for sick children called Sick Kids mm-hmm. in Toronto. And her parents soon realized something was off because she didn't have a badge. She didn't have a uniform. And yet she was going every day to this like job she had and was just acting really fishy about it. So one day, Bick and Han insisted on dropping Jennifer off at work. So they drop her off and she enters the hospital. And then Han, her father, tells Bick, follow her. So Bick gets out of the car, follows Jennifer into the hospital. And Jennifer realizes her mother's tailing her. So she hides in the waiting room. Like she hides out for hours until they leave. And the next morning... They called Jennifer's friend Topaz to be like, is she living with you? Because we have doubts about this. Mm-hmm. And Topaz apparently was like, no, she doesn't. She's never lived with That's me. That's not a real friend. I, she didn't <laughs> even know. She was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, no. So I no. Have you ever seen that that meme? Not the meme, but it's like a screenshot of like a guy decided to text his. Oh, yes. yes his girlfriend's yes. friends yep. to be like, like acting like he was the girlfriend texted all of her friends saying was i with you last night just to see what they would say to cover for her right and they all covered her beautifully one was like yeah you left your jacket in my car like that's the kind of friends i was like bitch you got so drunk on my couch yeah i saw that it was pretty funny i was like that's such a gem of a friend i gotta hand it to all my hometown friends they they went down sure every single one of them would lie on the spot for me i feel like all my friends would just be like I a thousand percent would lie for you, but I don't think you would lie for me. I think you would want to. But, so, no, but here's the thing. I think I would go, 
what the fuck? This is an M. Like, I'd be like, hold on, what's happening here? Like, I wouldn't <laughs> lie. I'd be like, no, no, no. I'm going to call you out on whatever, whatever's happening here because I would know 100% if it I feel like if anyone texts me from your phone saying, was I with you last night? I'd be like a thousand percent, like hands down. I feel if, like if someone did that to me, I'd be like, who the fuck is this? Like, don't. Yeah, but that's not helping me. You're just making, you're just making it obvious that you. Yeah, but it's also calling out like you have a fucking abusive, crazy partner. Like, sorry, I don't, you know, I don't know. That's my thought. Like, I'm sorry. I don't. I would lie for you. Thank you. I would lie for you if it were like beneficial. But I feel like if you had a crazy abusive partner who was like fucking harassing me about shit that you were doing, I'd be like, no, I'm going to call you out on it. I would just lie either way. All right. Well, (laughs) I don't know. I guess I don't know. All right. I would lie for you if it were beneficial for you, for sure. Right. It wouldn't matter to me either way. I would just be like, yeah, you were with me. Yeah. But if I was like, oh, you're partner is texting me crazy shit i would tell you yeah i don't know whatever it doesn't matter okay um da, 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 da. so topaz wakes up in the like they call her like six in the morning they're like is she there and she's like no what like no she's not here they're like she said she's living with you and she's like no like i don't really know her very well like they she just like made up a lie and right. this, the, this girl's just like i don't know what you're talking about um, so the, so then that morning Han confronts Jennifer and is like, what the fuck is going on? And Jennifer has a complete breakdown and admits everything. She's like, I haven't been in college. I've lied for like the last five years. Mm-hmm. I've been just like going to live with my boyfriend, Daniel, who they, by the way, did not approve of. Got it. The whole thing. She admits the whole thing was a lie. So Obviously, Han, her dad, is completely shocked at this revelation. He wants to throw her out of the house. Um, but her mother, Bic, convinces him, like, just let her stay. Let her be at home. We'll figure it out. So he lets her stay, but they started to get super strict with her. Stricter than usual. So they took her cell phone. They took her laptop. They only permitted her to use them if she was in their her parents' presence. So she could only use her phone or laptop if she was around one of her parents weird Uh, she had to endure surprise checks of her messages so they would like occasionally just go through her phone to make sure everything was like normal by the way she's 24 at this point so yeah yeah, yeah. she's a she's a she's a grown adult they forbade her from seeing daniel they ordered her to quit all of her jobs except the piano teaching one and they began tracking the odometer on her car so she's 24, like I said. She'd never finished high school. So at this point, she got to work completing her high school degree by finishing that calculus class that she had failed. Um, and at this point, her parents are encouraging her to apply to university for real this time. Um, but they forbid her from leaving the house to go anywhere but her piano teaching job. So they're just like, basically, she's on lockdown. Basi- right, right, basically. right. Um, so Jennifer still is madly in, the, madly in love with Daniel. And she's extremely lonely because she's so restricted and is not allowed to speak to him, is not allowed to be with him. Um, and because of this stress on the relationship, Daniel basically tells Jennifer, like, I can't do this. Maybe if this is figured out on your end someday, I can handle it. But right now, like, I'm just not, I can't do it. So he breaks up with her. And Jennifer is obviously heartbroken and actually attempted suicide. Oh, boy. Yeah. And then she finds out Daniel is seeing a new girl. Oh, boy. Named Christine. Okay. Oh, boy, boy, boy. <laughs> Christine Cheever. Christine. Um, so, in an, <laughs> Christine just has 
No love in this story. Ready? In an attempt to win back his attention and discredit Christine, Jennifer concocts a bizarre story. She tells Daniel that a man had knocked on her door, had flashed a police badge, and then when she opened the door, a group of men rushed in, overpowered her, and gang-raped her in the foyer of her house. What the fuck? And then a few days later, she received a bullet in an envelope in her mailbox that she said was from Christine, the new girlfriend. What? And then it insinuated that Christine had set up the gang rape and had mailed her the bullet as a, what as the a threat. Fuck. So it worked. Oh my God. It worked. Daniel left Christine and went back to Jennifer, even though the whole thing was made up. She made up the oh whole thing. God. She was never gang raped. It was none of it was real. So he dumps Christine, goes back to Jennifer, and around this time, um, so they're back together. Around this time, Jennifer reconnects with a friend from elementary school named Andrew Montemayor, who had supposedly boasted about robbing people at knife point in the park near his home. What? Which later he denied, but apparently that's what kind of drew Jennifer to him. Because she told him about her awful relationship with her parents, and he confessed that he'd once considered killing his own father. So this kind of got into Jennifer's head, and she started to imagine how great it would be to get out from under her dad's thumb and live without him in her life. Mm -hmm. So she starts talking to Daniel, her boyfriend, and they begin to hatch a plan. And together, after a few weeks, the two of them realize that Jennifer's parents have a life insurance policy that would leave her half a million dollars. But... I also want to add here that Daniel so far has just been the nice guy who helped, who played trumpet and helped her mm -hmm. recover from her asthma attack. But I do want to add that he wasn't all that perfect himself. He'd actually, he'd been uh, expelled from a school. He'd gotten in trouble for, with the law a few times, once for trafficking a pound of marijuana. Um, and he also had some less than savory friends. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. Uh, and, and that's why her parents didn't like him. Um, no, her parents just, her dad just didn't want her to date anyone because she was like still in high school when they met. And so he was like, you're not allowed to date him. And then I don't think they even knew about him at all, to mm. be honest. It just happened to be that he wasn't Got it. the greatest influence. But um, yeah, they just refused to let her date anyone. And so, of course, the one she latches onto happens to be kind of not the greatest guy. Got it. Um, so... He had some, like I said, less than savory friends. And one of these friends was a man named Lenford Crawford, mm -hmm. otherwise known as Homeboy. Oh, okay. Sure. Daniel and Jennifer decided they'd have Crawford execute her parents <gasps> so they could collect the life insurance money and live together without the threat of her parents constantly looming over them. And they asked Crawford what his going rate was. And he said it was usually 20000 But for a pal like Daniel, he'd make it 10000 Oh, wow. Great. Lenford's a great guy. What a deal. Half what? off. Half off sale. Bogo. Bogo. Buy one, get one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. It's like Payless shoe store. Buy one, get oh. one. Pogo. Payless. Bogo. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I just said Pogo. Like Pogo the Clown. Help me. Okay. Oh, I thought Pogo stick. Oh, I thought Pogo like John Wayne Gacy. Whoops. We're fucked up. Okay. After, so, okay, so he's like, I'll make it 10K because you guys are such great friends. 
So after several weeks of back and forth, um, and she actually, so Jennifer got a SIM card for a Samsung flip phone. Like she had an iPhone, Mm -hmm. but then she got a Samsung flip phone with a SIM card that she Mm. would like take the SIM card out of to like make sure it wasn't on her iPhone. Right. Um, Especially because her parents were always like checking her phone to make sure. So after several weeks of back and forth, um, finally on on the morning of November 8th, the group finally all agreed that today was the day. And there was actually a time in between there where um, Daniel broke up with her and went back to Christine. Oh, boy. And was like, I'm in love with her and I don't want anything to do with this. And then she goes, okay, well, if you're going to be with her, then let's cancel this whole thing. And he was like, but I thought you wanted this for you. And she was like, but then I have nowhere to go. So I don't right i don't want to do it if you're not involved so apparently there was just like all this sort of drama (laughs) no you do it no you do it like i only want to do it if you want to do it it's like where do you want to go to where you want to go get food literally i want to go to cheesecake factory but only if you want to go to cheesecake factory (laughs) exactly i want to call my parents but only if you do yeah i want you to be there for me and And then and then afterwards if you kill them i'll pick where we go for dinner afterwards deal deal yeah i think that's very fair yes so basically, it took weeks for them to finally land on a time that it would actually work. So November 8th, finally, they agreed that that was the day. That night, the contract killers that Jennifer Pan had hired to kill her parents showed up and shot both of them in cold blood. That's so fucked up. The only problem was, um, so remember how I said like her dad, Han, was in a like a induced coma because he had been shot in like near the graze, the carotid artery and all that good stuff. Right. Well, three days later he wakes up from his coma. Oh my God. And guess what else? What? He remembers everything. Oh my God. He says he saw, he tells police he saw his daughter chatting softly, quote, like a friend with one of the intruders in the hallway. (gasps) He says her arms were not tied behind her back while she was being led around the house. So on November 22nd, during her third interview with police, Jennifer breaks down in sobs and begins to admit everything that happened. She explains that while her parents were settling in for the night, she went downstairs, unlocked the front door. She went into the study, switched the light on, which was a signal for the intruders that it was a go, that right, was go right. time, basically. So she switched the light, which meant it was go time. And then um, they came in. And basically followed her instructions of shooting her parents and pretending it was an invasion, a home invasion. Um, And so after her confession, it took so over a period of four hours, almost four hours, Jennifer spun out this absurd story of what happened. She said first that the attack had been an elaborate plan to commit suicide. What? She said she had given up on life, but she couldn't manage to kill herself. So she hired homeboy and claimed she didn't know his real name. Uh, to do it for her. Uh, then she realized in September that her relationship with her father had improved. So she she decided to call off the hit. Mm-hmm. But wires got crossed. So the men came in and did it anyway, even though she didn't want them to. Mm. So sort of taking her own blame right, out right, of it. Right. Um, police arrested Jennifer on the spot after that. Uh, in the spring of 2011, uh, remember they said they were like, oh, we're going to look at your phone. And she was like, well, hold up. Right, right, right. What are you going to find? So uh, in lieu of looking at her phone and ana- uh, analyzing all her calls and texts, they arrested Daniel and the other three men and charged all five of them 
including Jennifer, with first-degree murder, attempted murder, and conspiracy to commit murder. Wow. So the trial began, I mean, it was easy enough. It was as easy as going through her phone and literally pulling texts because she had been texting all of them, like, is today a good day? Is today a good day? Wow. Yeah, like, really stupid. There was actually a clip in the case file episode where they're like, well, where is the SIM card of this this phone, this flip phone? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know where I put it. And they're like, where did you put it? And she's like, in a pocket. And they're like, what <sighs> pocket? And she's like, a jacket? I don't know. And it's like, well, they're going to find it. Like, Oh, my gosh. She just, like, couldn't. She knew she was fucked, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty trippy to hear someone, like, knowing they're fucking screwed, like, in the Yeah, interview. I can't imagine what that sounds it's, like. Ugh, shiver-inducing. So, the trial began on March 19, 2014, in Newmarket, and they thought it would last about six months, ended up lasting ten months. Um, Jennifer, for the charge of first-degree murder, ended up receiving an automatic life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years. Um, for the attempted murder of her father, she received another sentence of life. Daniel and the other two men each received the same sentence, so life. Mm-hmm. No chance of parole for 25 years. Han and Felix both wrote... So Han was her father, Felix was her little brother. Right, right, right. They both wrote victim impact statements, which are just heartbreaking. Um, her father basically... This is what he said in his statement. Quote, when I lost my wife, I lost my daughter at the same time. I don't feel like I have a family anymore. Some say I should feel lucky to be alive, but I feel like I am dead too. That's so sad. It's really sad. Um, he's actually now unable to work due to his injuries. He suffers anxiety attacks, insomnia, and when he can sleep, obviously nightmares. Mm-hmm. He's constantly in pain. He's given up his hobbies, including gardening, working on cars, listening to music, because he says they bring him no more joy. Oh, my God. Um, He can't bear to be in his own house anymore, so he lives with relatives. And Felix, her younger brother, moved to the East Coast to find work and escape the stigma of being a member of the Pan family because he just couldn't handle being a part of all of it. Uh, He also suffers from depression. He's become closed off. This is also all from Karen Ho's article because she knows the family and she knows the town. And so she wrote this whole thing about the entire timeline. Um. Han, her father, is desperate to sell their house, their family house, but no one will buy it after all these years. Um, And so at the end of the statement that he made in court, the victim impact statement, Han addressed Jennifer, his daughter, and he said, I hope my daughter Jennifer thinks about what has happened to her family and can become a good, honest person someday. Jesus. And that is the story of Jennifer Pan, and she is now in jail for life. How old is she now? Um, She was born in... 86? I think 87. 87. Okay, so she's four years older than you. Yeah. 30? Yeah. Oh, 31. 31. She's literally 31. She's in prison for the rest of her life. Isn't that horrifying? I wonder if she feels guilty. So apparently when the jury re- like announced the verdict, mm-hmm. she didn't react. But the second the press left, she had like a full-on breakdown. Like, she held herself together in front of, like, right. cameras, right, and then right. the second they left, she just had, like, a full-on breakdown. Oh, and I guess there was even an article, I think it was Washington Post, that was, like, Jennifer Pan has, like, emotional react. It's just funny, because you see articles that are, like, so-and-so expresses no emotion at trial, or they do express emotion. Like, there's literal articles about, like, murders and how they react to Yeah. It. But so, apparently, she went, oh, every time... 
apparently when her mother was killed, when her mother was shot, mm-hmm. um, her mother was like, just don't hurt my daughter, just don't hurt my daughter. Oh, my God. And so I guess when they talked about that, she had a full-on, like, heartbreaking meltdown. And her mother was the one who was always on her side and, like, yeah. she was, like, um, deferent to her father, but was also... Yeah, That's such a tragedy. It was really, it's really sad. And so she, she apparently was very emotionally affected by that. Right. But like it, she planned for months. And so then there's that big argument of like, well, you know, are, are her parents at fault for like basically emotionally abusing her for so long? Like it's, it's just such a right. mess. It's just such a mess. But I mean, she literally had her parents murdered in cold blood and planned it. You know, it's. Yeah. And then lied about it. Like, it's not good. Like, she done fucked up big time. Sorry, that's my wine. I mean, she definitely, uh, yeah, I would I would think they they maybe deserved a lot, but they didn't deserve to get brutally murdered in cold blood. No, exactly. Exactly. And it's just so heartbreaking that the father survived and ha- now has to live, like, just such a sad life. Heartbreaking, joyless life without his kids and his wife and his home. I mean... They deserved like a good talking to from a shrink and like yeah they're be- I th- they needed a, they needed a conversation agreed. about like agreed the effects they were causing on their child but I don't think anyone was like oh you're causing them to want to kill you there are better ways to go about it and again it's like and then it gets to the point of like well how if she was raised that way since she was a child like does she know any better so it it's one of those very controversial ones but it, it's either way it didn't end well and it's extremely heartbreaking jeez. So, yeah. Um, Good way to end this. Well, no, I'm not going to end it like that. Is there a geoscope? Of course there is. There always is. Geo, there's a little geoscope. <laughs> I got it. Ready? Geo, listen up. Look, Look at that face. Are you so excited? Oh, man. Look at that sweet little face. It's so is hot. this going to be so fun? All right, this is your Scorpio scope. Somebody earlier said it should be a Scorp geoscope, and I thought that was quite eloquent this is just like a raging helicopter night huh sometimes there's like um car chases or like uh holdups at like gas stations and so helicopters just love to just hang out here yeah there's like a 7-eleven that's been like held up like three times (laughs) is it the one on the way back to my house like next to the highway no it's like right it's like a two minute it's like right here oh the one that we went to for your yeah exactly oh good place to take money from oh i go there all the time (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Okay. This is anyway, Geo. Scorp Geoscope. Okay. Scorp Geoscope. I don't know. Scorp Someone Geo. threw that out. Oh, like Scorpio. Scorp Geo. Someone threw that on Scorp Geoscope. Scorp Geoscope. Scorp Geo Horoscope. Listen, I just tried to go with it. <laughs> Ready? Geo. Scorpio. That's you. Oh. Stop complaining. We're all entitled to our place in the spotlight every now and then. It's now officially your turn. Uh, well, yeah. He, <laughs> Gio, you were number one on the listicle today. It's now officially his turn. Not that it hasn't been his fucking turn. It's been his turn for almost three years Since now. day one of his life. Oh, baby, baby. He's already asleep. All right. He literally fell asleep. He was wide awake at the beginning of and that. And now we're reading his and thing. And a sentence later, he's unconscious. Well, of course he falls asleep as we compliment him. <laughs> he's like, I know, I know. It's now officially your turn. If you really must have some privacy, possibly due to the attention of a certain someone. <laughs> M. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is 
was made for you. Possibly due to the attention of a certain someone. Parentheses. Attention you'd rather not share with the masses. He perked up. Look at him. He's so happy. With the masses. With did, the masses. Did someone go onto fucking astrology.com and write an actual geoscope for us? Geo, this is you and me all the way. Possibly do the attention of a certain someone. Attention you'd rather not share with the masses. Well, isn't there some kind of excuse you can make up to explain your untimely exit? <laughs> wow, that's rude. It's abrasive, Geo. Sure there is. Don't you have to feed the cat? Well, this, oh is, God. this is so meta. This? What is going on? Don't you have to feed the cat? That is oh, wild. Maybe Geo, do we have to go feed your baby brother? No, because he eats all of Juniper's food. Oh, maybe he eats it so I'll have the excuse. Oh my God! Don't you have to go? It all quote, makes unquote, sense. Feed the cat. Wink, wink. Since I ate all the food, wink, wink. Hold on, that is weird. That was a weird one. I like how you weren't involved at all. I mean, I kind of like it. I'm like, I just sit in the background. You guys have your dramatic moments. Gia, that was so nice. That was so special. I think Christine hates when I do that. No, I love it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Every time I see Gio, I'm going, whoa, is that so nice? Is that so special? Apparently, Blaze started our episode the other day. The last one where he was told he couldn't waltz or whatever. Um, he played it on the Alexa. And I guess, I, so I was at work and he said, oh, no, I've done a bad thing. And he said, like, Alexa, play and that's why we drink podcasts. And it starts with you going, Oh, that's so nice. And I guess Gio, like, flipped the fuck out. Aww. Looked in every room of the house for you. Like, baby, baby. Couldn't find you. Was, like, so worked up. And Blaze was like, I really messed up by playing this on the speakers. And I'm like, I mean, such come a, on, Blaze. Such a stinky babe. So I felt terrible. He was at home looking for us all day. But That's heartbreaking. Yeah. I realized today at work that I was going to get to see my little baby, baby, baby today. And I was so excited. He loves you. We always have a big old hug when we see each other, and then we go outside, we have so many fun toys. He always knows when you're here before I do. Like, he just has this, like, stance where he's like, I'm ready. (laughs) It's like, I don't know why, but I am ready. (laughs) He's like, I can't even I think he's recognized the sound of my car when I lock it. That must be it, because I swear to God, it's before I ever even see you that he knows you're here. Oh. Right, Gio? Is that so nice? (laughs) Baby, baby, look at that smile. Are you hot? He's like, God, yeah, I am. He's like, why are you lock me in this room? Gio, you can be in our Facebook live and we can go swimming together. That'd be so fun. Okay. He's like, kill me. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you want to follow him, I've recently reactivated his Instagram account. At Gio underscore takes underscore LA. That is correct. Gio. And it's actually really fun because I can just post pictures of Gio all day without feeling like weird about just posting pictures of my dog. <laughs> Um, um tell us tell the people the story you can find us at facebook twitter instagram patreon where you can donate please donate you can donate, donate. <laughs> freudian slip you can send us donuts you can donate and wonton and <laughs> at atwwd podcast you can also find our website and that's why we drink.com you can also find our merch at and that's why we drink dot big cartel.com we got some new stuff there you can also find our email and that's why we drink at gmail.com where you can send in your personal true crime and paranormal stories we put out new listeners episodes at the first of every month um you can also mail us goodies and see us open them in our mm, monthly yeah. uh fan mail videos we got to get some stuff from the post office because we're we doing do. this sunday we got it um at oh man i always forget don't nope i gotta do it 1920 hillhurst avenue correct 
uh number 265 yes los angeles california 90027 oh man baby you got it um you can also find us on our personals at the m schultz and at x teen schiefer and at geo underscore takes <laughs> underscore la and at atww podcast i know you've said that already never mind and you can also go follow eva she deserves it yeah what's her handle eva gross. ew gross ew gross oh fuck I her dropped. twitter is at ew gross it's pretty funny ew okay, ew gross with three s's that's such a clever name though love it um i think that's it also please come see us for yeah. our uh live shows we have our next ones are august 3rd and august 4th in nashville at zany's and we're sold out of vip tickets but we do have a limited number of general admission so please come see us we're so pumped for our Nashville shows. There's two of them in a row. So, And by the way, a lot of people have asked. We do different story for each show. So don't feel like if you saw us once, you're going to see the same thing. We do a different story for each show. Also, we have another live show at the Hollywood Improv, September 23rd, which is a Sunday, guys. Yes. So please start buying tickets for that. And that one has VIP tickets available. So yes. if you want to we're going to start selling merch, guys, too. So at the shows. At and the if, shows. If you want to meet us, buy a VIP ticket so we can hang out. Those are still available. And also, we I, do we still have tickets available for DC? Yes. On November 5th. Only one of them. One sold out, but November... Claim it. Only one ticket. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> fight to the death. <laughs> no, you're right. November 5th is still available. November 6th is not. But running low. Yes. They just released a low ticket warning for November 5th. So get on it, baby. And that's why. Drink. Drink. Oh. Facebook Live today. All right. I'm here. 3 p.m. Pacific. Okay, bye. Bye. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay.